0: Welcome to the Legislate Podcast, a place to learn about the latest insights and trends in property, technology, business building, and contract drafting. Today, I'm excited to welcome Chris O'Connor, Director of Solutions at LexisNexis UK. LexisNexis is a leading global provider of legal, regulatory, and business information and analytics that help customers increase productivity, improve decision-making and outcomes, and advance the rule of law around the world. Chris, thank you for making the time. Would you like to share a bit of background about yourself and LexisNexis? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Charles. And thank you so much for inviting me on.
1: Really delighted to join. And it's one of those pinch yourself moments when you're being asked to Come to a podcast and <laughs> said so you made the big time. It's brilliant to to join. So thank you. But yeah, I always I think when I introduce myself to legal audiences, caveat it with uh, I'm not my background is not not legal. I'm not a lawyer by training. I also increasingly now with tech audiences, caveat it as well that my background is not tech or even really product. So a bit of a question as to why I find myself here. So my background for my sins, I started off as a management consultant at a strategy firm called, which was one of those kind of classic jobs at a university and not a hundred percent sure what you wanted to do. And it gives you some good skills and allows you to understand a bit more about what you might like to do. So I did that for four years and I think it did give me a very good preparation for the world of work and gives you that hard base of kind of problem solving and quantitative analysis skills, which I found have been very flexible and applying them in different settings as we go on after four, four bit years though in consulting decided that lifestyle wise, I probably needed to change the hours were pretty draining and my. Then girlfriend, now wife, was getting increasingly frustrated with seeing me for three three waking hours a day, and that was it. So I always planned into the corporate world and got this role at LexisNexis. Initially, I started in the strategy team at LexisNexis. Really loved that. I had a couple of friends who have been and had very good careers. Quite a few extra people have done well at Lexis. But also, I was really impressed with the level of senior stakeholder commitment to the interview process, which I always thought was a pretty good heuristic for you know they're taking seriously this role and you're going to have some influence after you get in and so it so i found it been at lexus nexus for five years now and currently on job number four so i've been very lucky in that they've given me the chance to move around quite a bit functionally as well as in terms of responsibility so i did less than 12 months in the strategy team moved into go to market which is our sales and marketing team doing initially a bit of a hybrid kind of strategy sales role looking at improving some of our sales processes. So very commercial, looking at market strategy and uh, process optimization. And then got my first real management experience taking on a team in the marketing team, our segment marketing team. So working out our messaging for each of the different segments of the legal market, really putting yourself in the shoes of the customer, doing a lot of thought leadership and things a little bit like this on the Lexus side to try and engage our customers. And that meant that I was really nicely positioned with a background in you know, strategy, sales, and marketing to make the move into product. And I've been director of solutions, which is a product director role at LexisNexis for about six months now. And I'm looking after our newer, more cutting edge legal tech products.
0: That's uh, a great background about yourself. And uh, and congratulations on advancing so quickly at LexisNexis. Think more, by, more by accident than design, but thank you. <laughs> and in terms of the solutions that you're working on are you able to give a bit of background about what they are who would use them and, and where they fit within lexus
1: yeah absolutely so I, I, the way i like to think about this there's three main streams within my team so the first the first two are products that we have live in market at the moment and the next is our kind of pipeline our, our innovation lab of future ideas and future innovation and um, for products that we hope will become products in the future, and with a little bit like an internal incubator, we, tr- we take ideas, get them to prototype quickly, get them with in front of customers quickly, and hopefully scale them up to the point where they can become our core products and move to more stable management, and then we've got you know capacity to think about the next big idea, and my job is to make sure the kind of conveyor belt of ideas keeps moving, and we're not you know working sequentially, that actually we can spread our resources across lots of different bets. So the first two products that we have in market, the, the first one is uh, Lexis Create, which is a Microsoft Word plugin that is a drafting assistant and Lexis Next has got a lot of experience in this space. We had a product before called Lexis Draft and the others in the market trying to solve similar kinds of problems, but automating some of the aspects of legal drafting to proofreading, redaction, bringing legal research into the Microsoft environment. So instead of having to swivel the browser and Word, you can look at LexisNexis content. And increasingly, we're trying to pull in the firm's own content into the side panel of Word to reduce context switching. The second product we have in market is an analytics product. And this is an area which I think is very mature in the US, but much less mature in the UK, although we're trying to help define the category along with a few others in the market in the UK. the reason for that is the u.s legal system as many of your audience will know much more litigious so therefore a lot more of the data is public and the nature of litigation data is it tends to be more structured And I think there's better, really good repositories of data you can mine and and derive insights from the nature of the UK legal system. And indeed like much of Europe and other bits of Asia Pacific and things is much more transactional. So lots of the data is private. It sits in individual contracts, which sit behind the company's very careful paywalls and privacy rules. And even when you manage to get access to those contracts, they're much more complicated. You're not just pulling out common repeated terms, you're having to really apply some intelligence. So that's where we're trying to use artificial intelligence to mine information out of repositories of of data, publicly available data in the UK litigation system. So the high court and and publicly uh, available judgments, and also some LexisNexis judgments that we have. And increasingly we're exploring different areas. So looking at that intersection of customer need and data availability and seeing what kind of exciting analytical experiments we can do. And then the final stream, which is the kind of innovation stream, we have, as I said, a really wide number of bets, a lot of contract analytics one of the really exciting things we're pretty close to being able to bring to market is something we call, call Clause Intelligence, which is where we scan the document that you're working on in Lexus Create. And automatically recognize the type of matter you're working on, automatically pass the document so we can see the different individual clauses and can then recommend again, initially LexisNexis content and without you needing to search. But eventually, we hope that unlocks lots more use cases, including. Retrieval from internal data banks and knowledge banks, um, and maybe even some kind of workflow stuff. We know what you're work. We recognise you're trying to do this kind of matter. Can we give you these tips and tricks? Can we automate elements of this for you without you needing to tell the tool to do? So trying to get into that, you know, intelligence at the clause and the contract level, and also and some more prosaic things. you're Just trying to get styling working really well in Word is very difficult. It's a challenge that lots of different firms face very manual at the moment, particularly when you're. Negotiating and contracts are changing back and forth, and the styling's corrupted, or your counterparty changes the styling, something you don't want. Trying to automate elements of that to reduce time is actually the single biggest thing we hear from lawyers that they want to hear from us. So a mix of the very cutting edge and the tricky, but more core to the lawyer's workflow, and everything in between.
0: That sounds uh, really exciting, and lots of, I think styling is also a a big thing as well at Legislate. Uh, What we are constantly asked to improve our styling, and, and it, it just is. So, what's been your favourite mo- moment so far at Lexus Nexus?
1: Yeah, really good, really good question. I think other than joining and and finding what a great place it was and what a great place to start building my career, I think actually it's these last six months of learning the product world. It hasn't always been a walk in the park, and coming from a non legal uh, background, although I've learned a lot about the law in my five years at Lexus. And particularly a non-technical background has been a big learning curve, but looking at where I am today versus where I was six months, actually able to talk semi-intelligently about some of the work the teams are doing, actually able to interrogate some of the work they're doing and and add some value in those meetings rather than uh, just being a hindrance and be able to, to actually sometimes come in with that naive view and that outsiders often asking a question, which everyone else would overlook has been really rewarding and seeing some of the results of that coming to the market. So... Fantastic success, particularly with Lexus Create and the adoption there is really validating. And we're hoping to launch a fully global product in the summer, which I suspect if we were to speak in six months time would be my new
0: uh, highlights at Lexus so far. Good luck. And what do you wish you'd known before joining Lexus? Nexus? Yeah, I think probably, probably a little more about the law, I think
1: would have helped my ramp up and picking my lawyer friend's brains a bit more about what they actually do, I think would be you know that... That customer centricity is really important. And actually, I think it can work in every function within any organization. So even in strategy, I was probably a bit too far from the customer and their needs. And a little bit of an ivory tower sometimes in strategy, you think, oh, we're working on this M&A deal or this big transformation project. And you're not actually thinking enough about the user. So definitely putting myself in the user's shoes, putting myself in the lawyer's shoes and saying, what are they doing on a day-to-day basis? And not having preformed expectations of that and being willing to be wrong and be responsive to user feedback a really good example of that is that it feels that the market has moved a huge amount in terms of tech adoption and particularly cloud adoption in the last 12 or 18 months and we've had to change therefore our product roadmap quite significantly before we thought lawyers are very cautious they don't want anything cloud-based it's a big red flag therefore everything we develop has to be deployed on-prem or through a, through a local server, and therefore we need to resource up our hands-on tech deployment teams. Actually, what we're finding now is we can have the flexibility to pivot our product strategy a little bit, think a bit more about the cloud, because suddenly even very large firms are very open to it. And the thing I always say when I'm, which is which happens less and less, but whenever I get any challenge on using the cloud from lawyers, is well, MI6 just recently moved all there data storage onto AWS. So if you really think that your security needs are greater than AWS, greater than MI6, then maybe you need to have a second think about that. So I think the market's moving and being open to that and keeping, we all track the market and keep on top of it, but also being willing and able to respond to that and pivot your approach and being humble enough to say, yeah, we went wrong necessarily in the past, but things have changed. And as Kane said, when the facts change, then so do your plans and your ideas.
0: I know that you said a lot of uh, very interesting things, especially around tech adoption being accelerated or cloud adoption being accelerated with the cloud. How do you, how does LexisNexis think of legal tech? adoption and obviously you're developing your own legal tech products but how does you know, nexus also think about legal the legal tech eco- ecosystem as a whole
1: yeah I, I really hate the like life cycle model where it's like the peak of expectations and the trough of disillusionment i don't think we're quite there yet but i think there was definitely a, a peak of excitement and hype and now it's calmed down a bit i don't think people are disillusioned what i've actually seen is legal tech move into the mainstream which for us as a big incumbent legal technology provider is really encouraging. We're seeing across the entire market, including down to smaller firms and in-house corporate teams, much greater adoption of just even simple tech. The move to, I remember conversations we had at the start of the pandemic, law firms having to scramble to order laptops because they only had desktops and they couldn't physically support home working because they they didn't have the technology. And then the wide sale adoption of telecommunications telecom- tools again has totally surpassed expectations and it's now become second nature and just a way of working for everyone in the legal industry and now I think we're seeing the next generation of that people have seen you know these things that I previously held out against have happened and it went actually pretty seamlessly and actually we can see huge benefits from this I'm more interested about the next thing and that might not be I want the buzziest AI t- tool going but it might be actually we're now open to using Microsoft teams for collaboration, which we—I remember I was talking about 12 or 18 months ago—saying, "Yeah, nice idea in principle, but it's not going to happen with lawyers. Lawyers are not going to come out of Outlook. They're going to—they're not going to want to use Teams." But actually, we're seeing that slowly come come to the fore. So I think that's where we see the direction going: incremental change, but very meaningful change probably the sort of thing where you'll look back in five years time and say, I never would landslide happen here, but actually in hindsight, it has been an enormous change in a relatively short period of time. So we're trying to go, you know, in LexisNexis with the grain of that. We deliberately made a decision not to try and load more and more web-based additional platforms onto users. We will always have our core platform, our LexisNexis research platform, but we're trying to integrate that so it's a one-stop shop rather than trying to add other things on top. And actually where my team's focus is on the Microsoft Office environment. So initially Word, but we're also doing proof of concepts in Outlook and Teams. We already know that's where lawyers work, and therefore that's where legal tech has to go. And we're trying to get a little ahead of that, maybe against some other players who are trying to pull lawyers out of their usual environment into what is admittedly a really effective platform, but you're always going to struggle against the grain there and always going to struggle to change lawyers' habits, we'd rather augment lawyers' habits in the place that they work and give them the tools they need at the point of need without disrupting their workflow. So I think that's the direction certainly we're going to take. And that, I think actually others may in the market may realize that as well.
0: That's interesting. And um, incremental improvements compound. And yes. Sometimes have more of an impact than you know big jumps.
1: You know, what's the bigger change in the market? 1% of the very top firms adopting some AI product, or 100% of the market moving on to Teams and, and Zoom for their way of working. I'd say the latter is a much bigger sea change. There's always going to the, the larger firms who can afford to make bets, who can afford to have innovation teams, will always be more on the cutting edge and will, will be doing a bit more. And I see, think you do see that trickle down into the mass market. And where you can productize those solutions for the mass market is, I think, where you're having. The biggest impact on lawyers work and ultimately playing into which i know is important to both of us the rule of law i genuinely believe you know making lawyers more efficient reduces the costs of legal services reduces the barriers um, to access to justice and that's an important moral as well as a commercial mission for us
0: yeah and, and you mentioned lawyers using your services quite a bit does LexisNexis have an opinion or Will it ever consider, you know, developing tools for non-lawyers to be able to create contracts or do things that a lawyer might typically do?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think the answer is we already do. For Lexis Create, for example, one of our biggest <laughs> single personas are document checkers. So non non-fear document checkers, paralegals and and legal secretaries as well are incredibly important for some of the products that we offer, and they're already drafting contracts. And again, my approach to it is if you can improve the speed and the accuracy of that work, then you can get big gains to law firm's productivity and big gains to the quality of legal services. You know, the reality is that, you know, not every single inch of a contract is being drafted by a fully qualified lawyer. It's lots of There's lots of different ways of providing that service at the moment in the market. And I think le- legal technology has to work with that. So we, yeah, so we develop both for you know, lawyers and for document checkers, paralegals, legal secretaries. Another really interesting one that, again, sits in my world is document automation. And I think document automation is one of the early legal tech um, trends and it's gone a little bit uh, quiet. And again, I think it's that kind of adoption into the mainstream. We have very wide adoption of our document automation tool. And again, it's often it, it often empowers non-qualified lawyers to initiate contracts to you know the questionnaire format is very intuitive It makes sure nothing is missed it makes sure um that whoever is doing the first point of intake with the client can capture all the relevant information and do a really strong first draft it also allows for you know quicker and more accurate proofreading and checking by a qualified lawyer which is you know unlocking both timer for the qualified fiona to do on higher value tasks and empowering more junior staff to do more of the legal work, which um, I think is really encouraging. And again, a theme that we want to try and support.
0: um, At Legislate, we're we're definitely trying to make sure there's a lot of noise around document automation because it it definitely opens up doors for lots of people and reduces errors. And as long as the document automation flow is properly designed actually make the whole process of collecting data from contracts much easier, which also means that you won't need as much advanced AI, et cetera, to be able to extract if you are using a document automation pipeline from the start. So, yeah. Yeah. And I appreciate you're not a lawyer, but are there any contracts you interact with or have interacted with on a regular basis? And were there any common areas of friction might have encountered and if you did encounter them did you overcome them with alexis nexus solution or or something else
1: sure yeah absolutely i'll do my best on this one so in, in terms of my own work the contracts i most regularly come across are procurement based so you know we're buying a service or you're know, contracting with a third party for something or other and that actually is a really common use case across the legal market and we do see some tools and again the scenario we're interested in where you can actually make legal tech tools available to non-lawyers for example, salespeople, when they're contracting with customers or procurement and IT. So that's what I interact with on a regular basis. And there, I think one of the common things that I encounter are just knowing what to look for and knowing what to check. So I think often we have to speak to in-house counsel for that. But actually, I do use the products that we use ourselves at LexisNexis, run the proofreading check across a contract before I sign it. And do, you know, really important to flag the areas that I need to drill into in a bit more detail that are a bit of a concern and other things which actually look happy, look boilerplate, we've signed in the past and we're happy to Could accept. Nice. So I think that, again, is a, a really common area of friction mm. for non-lawyers, not knowing where to start and not knowing where to focus you're their time way. and an area of friction that needs to be considered by legal tech providers.
0: So I'm conscious that I've already taken a lot of your time. So I'm going to ask you the closing question we ask all our guests. If you're being sent a contract to sign today, what would impress you? Yeah, I think is a really interesting question i
1: love this question it's like the intersection of technology and law and uh, just a genuine like a nicely worded one so i do like this so um what would impress me i think in, in consistent with my answer i just gave i think one that really signposted the issues of discussion or contention and didn't they weren't buried they were somehow flags whether through technology or just through the legal advice or markup and cut through to the heart of the matter and uh, so again, cut through legal language is important, but it cuts through the legal language to the heart of the negotiation. To me, that is when you're executing contracts, typically 5% or less of the text occupies 95% or more of the time. And it's those couple of real sticking points that you need to cut to the heart of. And sometimes contracts can be you know, very imposing and long and full of language that doesn't cut to the heart of that matter. So I think contract that's structured in such a way or uses technology in such a way that cuts the heart of the matter and facilitates negotiation. For me, that would really impress me.
0: Well, it sounds as if you describe legislate. We, we effectively present the, the key points as a set of questions and answers. And once you've got your answers, we build the contract and obviously if ever you want to renegotiate something, you can change the terms and the new contract will be built. And obviously right now we're working with relatively simple and standardized agreements, but we definitely want to build in as much flexibility as we can within reason, and then just also manage the rules around, is it consistent to use this wording or this clause with this previous clause or this previous set of terms that we've agreed on? Because especially when terms and clauses are interconnected, then that's often where drafting issues occur. And and at least with our approach, we can map everything and keep everything consistent and hopefully make it clearer to people what they're signing up to and if, they, if there's an alternative, what that alternative would look like. So, yeah.
1: no, I think I'm really impressed by the work you guys are doing, and I think exactly as you say, opening up legal and you know demystifying legal contracts for non-legal users, but keeping it within the tram lanes of what's acceptable by the lawyers, because that the matter goes, and that's where there's a huge amount of flexibility that wouldn't necessarily need to involve Fiona. Time, uh, I think it's brilliant work, and really impressed with that. And. Given you let me talk for almost half an hour about me and my products and myself, it's only fair that you get a plug in at the end. And I think um, really encouraging that what you're doing meets that, that one thing that impressed me. So keep up the good work.
0: I'm, I'm glad we've impressed you. <laughs> so, yeah, thank you very much, Chris. And, yeah, best of luck uh, building your legal tech products. And I look forward to seeing them as well at some point. Absolutely. Yeah. Keep in touch. Thank you. Yeah. Thank Bye. you. Bye-bye.